The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome on into the Full Court Press. Eric France and Andre Salveson here on a Friday. A big football Friday night throughout the area. We'll update you on who's playing where, uh, how you can follow along. We'll also update what happened last night. Great battle between Ridgeline and Skyview. It went down to the wire. A great uh, game. Um, certainly emotions were running high throughout the game. Held mostly in check. Things got a little bit loose at the end, uh, but uh, I appreciate uh, some of the things that did happen at the end as the coaching staff's got things under control. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit later on, but a great battle between number one and number two in 4A football. So we'll recap what happened there. Uh, If you were listening and paying attention to the game Um, we are going to call for the bread and butter play of the game today. Normally we would do that on a Monday, but since the game happened last night, we're going to do it while it's fresh on people's mind. So coming up at 5.15, we will call for the uh, bread and butter play of the game from last night's game between Skyview and Ridgeline. So stay tuned for that. Um, And if you want to uh, chime in on on that game, uh, the – NBA playoffs last night, the NFL, we had college football that's coming up. Um, a lot of different things happen in Major League Baseball. So if you want to weigh in on any of those things, uh, you can always text into the program, 435-339-0321 to join us here on the program and, and give us your your comments or your questions. But, uh, Ajay, I think we first need to uh, do some recaps on that uh, really, really good football game between Skyview and Ridgeline, a very different game plan than I think a lot of people expected Yeah, going into it. So I was going to create a montage, and I didn't get it done in time. But, Eric, I think and I feel like Northern Utah showed the rest of the state with all the lights and cameras and light bulbs on them that they can play good football up here too. You know, people want to talk about Bingham, want to talk about East, want to talk about Orem, want to talk about Timview. Spanish Fork, so on and so forth, and that's fine. They're good teams, but rarely do we talk about, even when Mason Fultz was leading the Skyview Bobcats to a state championship win in a 35 nothing blowout of Park City, who was undefeated, they rarely talked about the Ridgelines and the, and the Skyviews and the, the Bear River, right? We have great football up here in northern Utah, and what a great way to showcase between just a defensive slugfest between two good football teams. Uh, I, I Honestly, it, it's hard to say this, and I know Ridgeline's not going to feel like it means much because after the way they lost last night, but there wasn't a loser. Honestly, I, number one versus number two, when the RPI comes out next week, I don't expect Ridgeline to fall that far, nor should they at all. Right, it, it's very possible that Ridgeline still is number two or number three team, depending on what happens with Snow Canyon. Maybe drop a spot. I understand that, but don't. I mean, you can't punish them for losing on a field goal. By the way, that barely crossed the crossbar on the right side or left side of it. Y- you can't fault them. That I thought it was just a, such a well played football game from both teams. 
What I didn't expect was so much ground and pound, ball control, clock control type of a game from both teams. I thought, here's two really good quarterbacks. They're going to sling the ball around. They've got dynamic players around them. Yes, the defenses are good, but I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. It was nothing close to that. No. Uh, it was a – that drive that Ridgeline put together in the first quarter just chewed up so much clock. And then the one and they put one at the end of the game. And just went all the way down the field and then have that – you know the, the Skyview players with the wherewithal to get up and block that shot, that, that field goal attempt. Um, Isaac Larson picks it up and, and takes it all the way back uh, for the first score. And really, I think you have to say special teams won the day. Yeah, for absolutely. for Skyview, multiple different reasons. Yeah, uh, a weird angle for the winning field goal. Why they didn't try to line up more in the middle of the field is still a little so, bit questionable. Okay, so um, I was listening to Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger on the call, who did a phenomenal job. I want to can I give a quick shout out to them uh, to represent the Valley and calling that game. I thought they were just tremendous, really fun. I love, I love Nick's passion for the game of football. I love his passion. In, in big plays happening. It's it's so fun to listen to. Again, a big shout out to Nick and uh to Dave and Nick for all their great work last night. Just so much fun. But Eric, I uh they said last night that it's easier to kick from the right hash as a kicker. Is that just because he's right footed? Uh, I think if you're if you're right footed, I mean your your natural follow through will make it will go shift right to the left, but not that much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean usually your ideal is uh, lined up straight. But either way, uh, the the blocked field goal, uh, the the got them second guessing what Ridgeline second guessing on their uh, PAT, so they had a bad snap and that got botched. Uh, the the returns. I thought there were some great punts in the game. I mean, we don't really praise punting very much, but there were some tremendous yeah. punts in the game. Well, and and how about the the, the one punt that was uh, that was actually it was fumbled and that Scavia recovered, and for whatever reason, there's an inadvertent whistle that, that shouldn't was have been so blown. Weird. That's a horrible job on the referees, yeah, by the way. It was not great. But then to re-punt that, and then he instead it bounces all the way to what the seven or the five yard line. Yeah, what a great punt. I mean, that just the special teams was. Tremendous um, for both, I guess, for Skyview because they won the game, but Ridgeline really kept himself in that game because of field position. I, they were just phenomenal all night. And, and by the way, I, I've really never got to see Caden Cox in a stressful situation. That 93 yard drive, taking 7.15 off the clock, was just so cool, calm, collective, poised. He didn't get ahead of himself, didn't get too excited. Kept himself in range, like kept his team focused. Said, "Hey, we still got to drive, still got plays to make." And even when they scored the touchdown, he he kept him focused. Uh, I just what a phenomenal quarterback he is to watch play the game. Yeah, tremendous performances by a lot of different guys. Who's your what? Go ahead. I'm gonna say uh, one thing that that bothered me about the game, and I, I have to admit, I did watch most of it and listened to the K Jazz broadcast. Um. What really bothered me was how many times Dave Fox continued to remind the audience that Jovessa Damuni is going to BYU. Oh my gosh. And dude, how excited they are to have the him going to BYU. Yeah. Like, he didn't say anything about Isaac Larson, who was blowing things up and making great plays, and he's committed yeah. to Utah State. State. And don't they have another Aggie? 
uh, or not another Aggie. Don't like is it Evan Hall or the big lineman? He's going to go to BYU as well. He's a D one cat. I mean, they, or they have another kid. I just there's other there's so many great athletes on the field, and you're so right. But it was just I didn't listen to their broadcast because I was like I want David Nick in my ears the whole entire time. No kidding. At least six or seven times he had to mention that. Oh, BYU's really excited to have this Damuni kid coming to BYU. Okay, great. I get it. Say that in the first of the game. Let people know. But every time he touched the ball, oh, that BYU, they're excited to have that. <laughs> really? Come on. There are other guys on the field doing great <laughs> and things. And look, we recognize There are that other Dimuni guys going to other player. Division One yeah. schools. Yeah. Hey, Eric, let me ask you last night. In a game, the way it was, with as many big plays as there was, who's your player of the game? word man that's hard isn't it It it's harder than you because i actually think a player on the losing team might have won it i mean as good as isaac larson was i just felt like he was limited he had the one big field goal block right he had the big hit at the end of the game totally legal by the way yeah but I, i i can't tell you enough how impressed i was with watching kaden cox run that offense so good, so poised, so collective. And he was being, I mean, running for life at times as well. He, I mean, he was running for his life at times with three, four uh, defensive linemen or two backers as well coming at him. And he just, he'd hang in there. He'd keep his eyes upfield. That's what's impressive is uh, as young as he is, he he knows to keep his eyes upfield. And he kept finding receivers, finding first down plays. I mean, it was just awesome to watch him play. So for me, that'd be my player of the game. I just... I know on your side who you'd look at. Uh, it's hard. I honestly have – because if I think of one guy and what he did, because I think Isaac Larson should be considered, uh, I think Cox, uh, I think some of the running backs for either team, uh, uh, particularly for, for Ridgeline. Um, I think of some of the defensive plays. Uh, you know, DeMooney, what he did as a wide receiver also, he got an interception. I mean, yeah. Caden Carlson had only thrown one interception all season, and he threw two last night. DeMooney got one of those. So, um, you know, it's... Yeah, that's it, true. He did throw two, huh? <laughs> I think you have to look at a, you'd have to look at a couple of different guys for what they did in their individual performances. It's hard. I don't envy Nick and uh, Dave for how they had to determine <laughs> who their McDonald's player of the game was. Uh, how, I mean, I, I felt so sick for the kid who had fumbled the ball. Uh, towards the end of the game to turn over back to Skyview. Not that I I have a dog in the fight, but I mean, you catch the ball, you're headed upfield, and you know, and you know, you're running a, a almost like a two minute drill to get yourself into field goal range to win this ball game. And then, what a great strip, though. Honestly, a great strip and tackle by the Skyview Bobcats. Yeah, to, to and to keep it in bounds. Yeah, and that's the get other possession thing. before he slid out. I mean, he's that close. By the way, his knee is like almost on the line when he finally gets possession of the ball. It was just great defense by Skyview. That Skyview defense, Eric, was just phenomenal all night long. And as good as Caden Cox was, we, we do need to give some credit to that defense. I thought they, they harassed Cox a lot. They took away some options. They had to they made Ridgeline have to make some adjustments. And they got key turnovers when they needed them all night long. Yeah. Uh, well, I have to consider, too, that, that Ridgeline secondary. Uh, this was a secondary they got picked on in game one uh, by Pineview. And... Uh, they were a little shaky there, but uh, that team has made a lot of changes, and now it seems to be a, a part of their strength. So, credit to both coaching staffs. Um, you know, well thought out game plan. Yeah, uh, you know they're 
like I said earlier, I have to give a lot of credit to Coach Howell and some of the things he said after the game um, and how he he got his team huddled together. And basically, he chewed them out and said, hey, the way you were acting at the end of the game, you know, waving at the opposing fans and talking smack to the other team, you got to act like you've been there before. You got to act like you're champions. And, they are champions. Yeah, and they've well, they been didn't there act before. like champions yeah. after the game. Well, and and I get it. I, I, it's an intense game, right? Like I said, all the cameras and light bulbs, and you know the emotions of the game, and how big it is for for both teams. There are two teams inside the valley. It's going to happen. Like emotions are going to get the best of you at times. You're absolutely right. But at the end of the game is when you say, "All right, you know what? We won the football game." Let's get off the opposing team's field. Let's get in the locker room, and then we'll celebrate. Quick story. I still remember when we went to Skyview my senior year for basketball, and uh, we beat Skyview at Skyview. Big win. And instead of just getting off the court, we're on, like, the middle of the court or on the court, and we're and, uh, our players are doing this post-game cheer. On the court, at Skyview, in front of their players, fans, coaches, we leave the court. And then I believe it was Coach Jim Crosby came into us and said, never again do you do that. Never again. Because, by the way, they're coming to your house in two weeks. So what happened? They came to our house in two weeks, and they beat us by, like, 22. Like, like, honestly, there's a little revenge mantra in there. And if these two teams meet in the state tournament, Eric, if they meet in the state championship, you don't think Ridgeline's going to forget that? <laughs> now, oh, granted, Ridgeline yeah. did also have some emotions come out of them. It happens again. It's a, it's high school kids in a big-time football game. That's going to happen, but there's a way to control it. So, again, as you said, Eric, a lot of credit to Coach Howell, and honestly, a lot of credit to Coach Cox, too. I felt like both coaches handled that situation extremely professionally, uh, getting their kids off the field, away from each other. We're social distancing, by the way. So get him out of the field, get him into the locker room, and then you can talk to him there. I, great job by both coaching staffs last night. Yeah, yeah, well, well prepared, well executed. Oh, such a fun game! Trying Eric. to keep their guys in check. Can we do that? Can we get like a five-game series of those two teams duking it out? <laughs> I mean, I'm fun. serious. They're great. That would be fun. Um, now, regarding the RPI, we talked about this a little bit uh, earlier part of the show. Uh, it just pulled up the UHSAA. Um, RPI lists for 4A. It's and it has been updated since last night's game. Since last night, so Skyview they got Skyview still at number one at six and zero uh, with their RPI ranking. Snow Canyon is now number two. Ah. they are also undefeated at four and zero. They do play tonight. Uh, Ridgeline only fell to number three, so not a big drop. But there are other games that are happening tonight. So Pine View is right on their heels. They're um, like really, really close to Ridgeline. And we look at the RPI, um, and then it's uh, Stansbury and Mountain View after that. But uh, tonight, Pine View plays at Canyon View, and Canyon View, or, oh, okay. Canyon View, okay. and Snow Canyon plays at Desert Hills. Ooh. So Canyon View um, is ranked 12th in the RPI. Desert Hills is ranked 21st. So after, I mean those. Those Snow Canyon and Pineview are probably going to win their games, and that could potentially move Ridgeline further down the list. But as of right now, Ridgeline is at number three. Man. But, I mean, losing against Skyview is not going to hurt them too much. No, and and it shouldn't, right? I mean, there's no way you you lose by a field goal in the final waning seconds of the ballgame. You shouldn't be punished for that. 
Like, you honestly shouldn't. That's tough. Now, if we can look ahead just a tad bit, Eric, I don't see Scavio or Ridgeline losing the rest of the way. I know Regional 11 can be a tough battle, ups and downs, roller coasters, but the way these two teams are and as good as they are defensively and balanced they are offensively, I don't see him losing the rest of the way. Yeah, okay, so let's look at both teams. Skyview, okay. they they play Mountain Crest this next week. Uh, okay, I have Skyview in that one. Okay, I have Fairly. Skyview with big <laughs> uh, margin. Uh, then they host Logan. Should be a win as well. Should be a win for Skyview. Uh, they travel the Bear River. That's that's their wild card game. That's a trap game, if you will. Um, I don't know if it's a trap game. I think it's a straight up could be a tough contest because it's at Bear River. They play tough. And they grind the clock, they, too. They can grind you. So <laughs> uh, they do finish the season at Bountiful, who oh. is a 5A team. And Bountiful right now, uh, where are they? They're in a 5A. Boy, they uh, used to be. I don't know if they still are. this real quick. Last year, they weren't as good as they were. I mean, they were back in the day, but they used to be the cream of the crop. Bountiful's number nine right now so in the five A RPI. They're at three and two. Okay. Okay. So, but I think Skyview should be favored in pretty much every, every other game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Should It'll be, favored. be sure. Probably a, a, a closer thing with uh, with Bountiful. We'll see where things are at. So, at the do end you think the year, they'll but... be favored versus Bountiful, even though Bountiful's a five A squad I would and all? Probably say so right now, but. And- that's at Bountiful. Is that what it's, you said? Because it's at Bountiful, that might be that would do it a little bit closer. Okay, so now Ridgeline. What's the rest of their schedule look like? So next week they are uh, they're at home against Logan. That's a win. I would think I would take Ridgeline to be favored in that one. Then they go to Green Canyon on the on October second. It you know Eric. It depends which Green Canyon team shows up, but I still have Ridgeline winning either way. Well, if it's a Green Canyon team we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, I would take Ridgeline. In a runaway, right? Easily. Um, Green Canyon uh, tonight, they are uh, they're at Mountain Crest. So I think this is a, interesting to see where this Green Canyon team is. Uh, so after Ridgeline goes to Green Canyon, then they go to Mountain Crest. Big rivalry game there, but Mountain Crest has been struggling. I would still take Ridgeline in that one. And then they close it out on that fall break midweek game at home against Viewmont. Viewmont is not really a good football team this year. Really? They're pretty they're bad. They're a 5A team. Yeah. But they're struggling. I think they're only like one and fours. So. And that's at Viewmont, you said? No, it's in Millville. Okay. I have so Ridgeline. I would take Ridgeline in yeah. all their games. I think their left. toughest game already occurred, and that was versus Bear River, besides Skyview. I think their toughest game was Bear River. They got out of there with a win. Should be a, uh, as you said, they should be favored in the rest of the games and they should win the they rest sh- of their games. I agree. I think they should be favored. I think the Green Canyon game in North Logan could be interesting. That could be a, a, a trap game to okay. some degree. They've got the big rivalry with Mountain Crest the following week. You don't want to overlook them. But um, I, I'm with you. I think that Ridgeline is probably favored all the way through. I think that Skyview actually has a more challenging road to finish the season than Ridgeline does. Yeah. And again, that. Uh, the Bear River game makes you worry just a tad bit because Bear River does love to grind the clock. They got a great running game that is just absolutely brutal upon a defense, and it's exhausting too. And then oh, and their passing game is really clicking. Yeah, for it's, Bear it's River. come alive again. Come Josh alive. Payne back on the field. I think Josh Payne's been really good for them. Uh, it, again, that could be a very tough. And then again, the Bountiful game 
at Bountiful, if it was at home, I'd say Skyview and a laugher. But at Bountiful makes you cringe. And isn't it on a short weekend as well? Yeah. That, that's a UEA that's game. That's a midweek. Too. Yep. It's a, well, there's no longer UEA. We call it fall break. Oh, it's a fall break. Okay. Everybody still refers to it as UEA. I still, I've always thought of it as UEA. Yeah. I tried to correct my wife on that the other day, and she gave me a whole lecture. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. We still call it UEA. Uh, Eric, do you feel like the RPI, and maybe this is just me, RPI favors Salt Lake and St. George teams more than it does uh, Northern U. I don't know. Maybe no. I'm just overlooking that. I don't know about that. I mean, okay. Skyview and Ridgeline, um, and to some degree even Green Canyon and Mountain Crest last year, they all benefited. They had good RPI rankings last year. I don't think it unfairly – it's not a subjective thing where you're looking at voters or somebody deciding. It's all computer Kind of like, huh? oh, you don't pass the eye test. I'm going to put this team ahead of another one. No, it's all about wins and losses and margin of victory and who did you play and who did they play. So I don't think it take, eliminates any human element to that. So is there any chance Ridgeline could get back to number two after tonight's games? So like if Desert Hills beats uh, the number two team – and then say the number three team somehow loses, could they get back to number two? Oh, well, Ridgeline's at number three right now. As we said, Snow Canyon oh, is playing Desert Hills. Yes. And they're, Desert Hills is one and four. And they've not been a great team. Doggone it. Okay. Uh, and then Pineview, they play Canyon View. Canyon oh. View is three and two. The number 12 in the RPI. So uh, there's, a, there's a chance, perhaps, but. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a chance that I think the Ridgeline could maintain the number three spot, but um, uh, just ahead of Pineview. But boy, they're like really close in the rankings. What I need to look at the bracket when you break out in like hundreds of points <laughs> down the line. Yeah. I need to look at the bracket. What does Ridgeline need to do to stay out of Skyview's bracket? Uh, be number two. Yeah, number two. Number okay. I mean, I mean that's obviously obvious, but I think number two or number three puts them on the opposite side. Okay, stay at I. I honestly, if you put Ridgeline on one side and Skyview on the other, there's a pretty darn good chance they're going to see a state championship between those two teams, which I am all for. That'd be great. That'd be so much fun to see those two teams duke it out again. Well, now you've gotten me curious. I'll have to look that up. In fact, I'll look it up during the this timeout during the full court press. We'll take a look at that. We'll also update you on what other games are going on tonight. We've still got some good ones to pay attention to. We'll let you know who's playing where, how you can follow along on our family radio stations or online, uh, and not just in Region 11, but some of the other games in the area that we're going to be following. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up next here in the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson uh, talking about high school football. By the way, coming up next hour at 5.15, we will call out for the bread and butter play of the game, the old grist mill bread and butter play of the game. Any from guess to what it night. might be? <laughs> and if you call in and if you get it right, if you're the first to get it right, four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. Hey, big thanks to, to John Newbold and also you, Eric, doing some research on this. That uh, assuming Skyview stays one, which I don't see changing, uh, they Eric, what they have to be what three, two or three or six or something like that. 
to, to avoid Skyview Ridgeline would have to be what spots to avoid? Oh, so according to the UHSAA bracket, uh, to for Ridgeline to avoid Skyview or to be in a position to meet them um, in the um, in the in the championship, um, they would. I just want to make sure I'm looking at this right because they wouldn't even face them in the semifinals. The only way to see them in the uh, in the championship would be. Yep, that's right. So they would either need to be the number two seed or the number three seed or number six or number seven. So in order to have a rematch of Skyview Ridgeline in the playoffs, in the championship, Skyview would need to remain number one or number four or five while Ridgeline would need to stay, get to number two or number three. Eric, if Ridgeline... Which, honestly, is very conceivable. Yeah, absolutely. Here's my question to you. If, if Ridgeline were to win out on the rest of their games, but based on the battle of competition that might kind of drop down a little bit and say Pineview or Snow Canyon, these teams beat quality competition, no offense to Region 11, is there a chance that Ridgeline would move down even though they won all their games? Um, it's, that's, it's possible. Yes, it is possible. That's, that's bad. Cause it's based on who you played and who they played. See, that's tough for me to handle. So if you have, if you play a bunch of soft teams, you shouldn't be ranked higher than somebody who's played a lot of tougher teams. But if it's your region, like, there's nothing, right? Cause you can't control what your region is, right? I mean, you have to play them. I guess it's the old statement in college sports is whoever you have in your conference, you have to play them. And this is the case here. And I, I'd hate to see Ridgeline or Skyview uh, get punished for winning their games, but based on Regional 11's play, get punished for that. That just That's tough for me to swallow. Right now, the standings in Region 9, just some of the teams that are there. Mm-hmm. So Snow Canyon is number two in the RPI. They're 4-0. and Pineview is, is close behind. They're 4-1. and But then there's a pretty big drop-off. Uh, I don't know if it's big, but then there's there is a drop off. There's a gap because then Dixie is two and three overall. Cedar City's three and two. Crimson Cliffs are two and two. Canyon View's three and two. Desert Hills and Hurricane are both one and four. So in Region Eleven, by contrast, Skyview is six and zero. Oh. Um, Ridgeline is four and one. Bear River's three and two. Logan and Green Canyon are two and three, and then Mountain Crest is one and four. Hmm. I think we have to give it a couple more weeks till we really see what the RPI is doing and how it's makeshifting some of these teams, and you know, and what teams have another loss or have their first loss. Um, so maybe, and when does the RPI race? From our viewing, like when can we stop seeing the RPI? So we will not see the RPI after the games on the fall break. Fair enough. So we'll see the RPI after the last game of region play. But uh, then they do the fall break games. Normally you would see an update right after that, but then they won't release anything until they release the bracket. So fair enough. We'll have a pretty good idea then what it's going to look like. And then 
mean, assuming hopefully our if teams I remember take that care correctly. of business. Yeah, and I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think you're right, though. Because I think they did yeah. that. In fact, they may not do it as after the last week of region play either because they didn't want teams to kind of game how they were going to play that That's right. game. That's right. It wasn't a week or – it might have been a week or so, but I can't remember. It's – I, I kind of have an idea, though, after region play, we'll have an idea of what the standings will look like going into that final fall break game. What they will look like. And, again, that's based on... But I think last year, Eric, we, we thought... We assumed what the standings would look like, and then they changed because of teams getting wins and a couple other teams suffered a, a fall break loss, and then, and then nobody knew. Nobody had any clue what was going to happen. So, I'm just going through the uh, UHSAA information here to make sure I understand um, when when they quit showing when them. they stop showing them. I haven't found that quite yet. If I do find it, we'll make sure. We yeah, we well, let me know. I'm, I'm really interested. I can't remember last year when they did that. Maybe John Newbold can help us out too. He's he's listening to our show. We appreciate John. He's the play-by-play voice of the Bobcats. Does a great job on his end. We have some. Wonderful, passionate uh, play-by-play voices here in our Region 11 for uh, high school sports. So, uh, but again, I, I just uh, I can't tell you enough how impressed I was with last night and how big some of these games are tonight. What you know, I, I look at the way the schedule is, um, and for what teams can suffer a loss and what teams. And I think tonight, Eric, is a night where a lot of these teams really can't afford to have another loss in region play. If they don't want to fall any further, I guess, uh, any further in the uh, region standings or even in the RPI standings for that matter. Well, I think the biggest of those uh, is a matchup between Bear River and Logan. Mm. Um, right now, Bear River is in the uh, in the eighth spot uh, in the RPI rankings. Um, Logan, they're at, the, at number 14. Uh, Bear River... Now, they had that game last week against Ridgeline. It wasn't called a touchdown. There are pictures that look like it was a touchdown and should have been a touchdown as game time expired, giving them a shot to tie the game or to win the game, depending on what they wanted to do with the point after touchdown. But so some controversy there. Referees called and told the coach, yeah, we messed up. Uh, so, how does the, the question for tonight is. How has Ridgeline or how has Bear River used that that news? Are they using that to have a big chip on their shoulder, like they want to go out and prove something, or has it been a distraction all week for them, thinking, "Man, we should have won. They we got messed over. Uh, you know, they made a mistake. We lost an opportunity." And are they distracted by that news, and the or, or are they using that as fuel to get them ready for the game against the Logan Grizzlies? Well, and if there's a game that you couldn't be distracted for. It's the Logan Grizzlies. Like, that team is a scrappy, scrappy football team. I honestly feel like they are well-coached, Eric. Uh, and that is a very, and especially at Logan, you have to wipe out all distractions. You have to zoom in on the Grizzlies because they will come full force, full effort, all at you. And if you're not ready to go with your A game, they're going to get you. And they're going to probably blast you as well. That's a don't overlook Logan. People got to stop overlooking Logan. I think it's a good football team, and they're getting there. And you know, this is what how many coaches and how many years, and so and but you know what? They're getting better and they're improving. And boy, dangerous, dangerous game tonight for Bear River. 
Well, yeah, Logan put 35 on the board last week. Uh, this is a team that can score. Uh, they can. Um, they had a good defensive effort against Mountain Crest. So uh, this is going to go. I think this is going to be a really interesting game tonight. Uh, you can hear it in a couple different locations. There's going to be two different dedicated play-by-play personnel dedicated to this to this game tonight. So if you want the Logan perspective, Hall of Famer Al Lewis and uh, Josh Anderson will be providing the play-by-play on KVNU. That's 610 AM, 102.1 FM, kvnutalk.com, where you can go to listen to those to that game. If you want the Bear River perspective with Clint Payne, uh, he's a you know, great football mind, speaks a million miles an hour, but he gets in a lot of detail and information in that time. You just totally burned him. Like no, I'm air? saying he's given you a ton of information, so you got to keep up with him. Uh, that but, is true, though. <laughs> so that game will be on 104.9 in Boxelder County. If you want to listen to that, and you can find the streaming links for those on CashValleyDaily.com under the sports section and under the uh, high, local high school football schedules. We got the the uh, radio frequencies and the streaming links. For all those games, but that's a big one tonight. Homecoming for Logan High. Oh, by the way, see again, Eric. That adds on more. That really does add on more. Uh, it's not only is it a homecoming, but it's Bear River in your house. It's a big region time game. Well, they used to be region of, uh, opponents. Yeah, and they were in three A back in the day. There was a time that the, whoever won three A was going to the state championship. Yep, it was Logan or Bear River, and it was just swapping every other year between those two teams. It oh man, it's a big game tonight. So a lot of history between those two schools. Uh, the other game of note uh, in Region 11 play, at least, is uh, Mountain Crest hosting Green Canyon. This is really, I think, the onus is on Green Canyon here. They've been knocked around a little bit the last few weeks. Can they pick themselves back up off the mat, get some things figured out? Because this was a team that came into the season with a lot of expectations, a lot of talk, that these were going to be the guys that were going to challenge Skyview for the region. and. That uh, hasn't been the case so far. Do you remember last year when Green Canyon was rolling offensively and defensively? They looked really good. And then they got to Mountain Crest, and everyone thought this was going to be a runaway, you know, train rolling through, please get out of the way, Green Canyon football game. And they get shut out 6 to nothing by Mountain Crest, and they were not the same football team the rest of the way through. They never found their mojo the rest of the way. What does tonight do? This Green Cannon team right now is suffering through uh, a really serious bump in the road. Not not just a bump, but a major obstacle. And if they can't figure it out tonight versus the Mountain Crest team, that's also, honestly, if we can be blunt, having a down year as well, both offensively and defensively, then you're in serious, serious trouble and in a deep hole going into the state tournament, and I don't know if they can climb out of that. So uh, two teams who desperately need a win, but I honestly think it's the team with the less mistakes, less turnovers, is going to come out of here as winners. And I I can't tell you who that team's going to be, and that's not a good thing. Well, you're more than halfway through the season at this point. Um, what you thought you were going to be earlier in the year, you've kind of figured it. it uh, now you know your identity. Yeah. Now at this point, you know who you have and what you're really going to get. Early part of the year, you're still trying to figure that out. By now, you know. And that's for players on the field and coaches on the sidelines. So what kind of adjustments get made and uh, who's able to get some things figured out to try to finish strong for the rest of the year? Yeah, you need a win here to help you get some momentum. I mean, to reset yourself and get some momentum going 
into this, you know, final ladder part of region play coming up next week and with the fall break game. This is a big step in that direction if you can get away. For not, if you don't, if you lose this game, boy, it's tough sledding from here on out. Uh, AJ Knight on the call. Yeah, one of my favorites. Matt Adams on 107.7 FM. He's great as well. I love that. And you can also hear it on 100.9 FM. And again, if you want the streaming links for those and how to listen live on your mobile device, your desktop, wherever you may be, uh, you can go to cashvalleydaily.com, go to the menu, um, see the sports section, and you'll find the link to the local high school football schedules. And that's where you'll see the full schedule for everybody, but also the dedicated radio channel for each school and the dedicated streaming link for each school so you can listen wherever you are. A couple other games of note that we'll be keeping an eye on. Um, Box Elder against Viewmont. Those are two teams you desperately need to win as two well. Two teams that need wins. <laughs> Box Elder's had several really close, close finishes, games, yeah. so maybe they start to get a little momentum on their side. Uh, Bear Lake is at Ryrie. Rich, uh, take it on Leighton Christian. That game may actually be going on right now. Uh, sometimes those games in two-way start earlier in the afternoon. Um, Preston is at Blackfoot. Uh, West Side is at Coal Valley Christian. That West Side team continues a lot of domination. Uh, and then Malad is at West Jefferson. So, reminder, if you want to select who you think is going to win these games and try to win something for your efforts, go to our website, 1069thefan.com. See the banner there for the, our Preps Pick'em contest and make your choices. Who you think is going to win? Uh, you have until 6 o'clock tonight. And whoever has the highest score, we'll give them $100 to McDonald's. It's awesome. And the Logo Shop, big thanks to Logo Shop. Nowhere better, Eric, to get your apparel of your favorite high school team. Nowhere better. By the way, I need, what, you know what I need to go do? I need to go to Logo Shop and ask me to make me a Ridgeline shirt, a Mountain Crest shirt, Bear River, Logan, Skyview, Green Canyon, and then like hang them up in my room. No, what you need, you need because you now need a, a mask. You, they can do oh. like logos on masks and stuff. Really? So they do oh, that. That's cool. And you, yours will that. say Commissioner of Baseball for Northern Utah. I'm out. You know what? Mayor, I'm out. Or you know just what? like you, and, big and you cheese. having that conversation with that other certain person, and he looks at me like, oh, really? Wow. Uh, no, <laughs> shut up. You're, I mean, that's, that's an important position. I hate you. You're an important person. Do you want me to put it on my Twitter profile too, then, too? Maybe you should. <laughs> Can I put I'm an employee of Cash Valley Media too and tag that in there? Only if you really are and you actually honestly get paid. If you don't honestly get paid from this organization, maybe it's not the best to say that you are a member of said organization, just as a, you know, professional courtesy. Oh, hey, our favorite guy's coming in tonight too. So anyway, thanks for the logo shop for sponsoring the preps pick'em. Uh, the booster club headquarters for your high school teams, competitive teams, club teams. They'll do uh, logos, your team logo on a mask even. So appreciate them for helping us sponsor the Preps Pick'em Contest. $100 to McDonald's if you get the most correct in this week's contest. Uh, last night's game, if you didn't already select that game, you'll be out. Hey, by the way, speaking of selecting, I think I'm already heading the over-under just a tad bit right now. Hey, are you surprised? Because you had, I think, then by what, plus seven and a half? Yeah. Right? Are you surprised? The way the game went, did you feel like, no, it's going to be closer? Or did you feel like still 
Skyview had the uh, the ammo to pull away. I'll be honest. I was really surprised with how the first half okay. happened for both teams. Yeah. But the way that I saw Skyview come out in the second half, I thought, yeah, okay, there it is. But, nope. Give a lot of credit to Ridgeline. Oh, man, so much credit. What a great game. I just I can't tell you enough how impressed I was. So, yeah, actually, you're teams. up 2 nothing right now yeah. in our uh, pick six. Smell the week. roses. Man, I'm feeling my favorite crumble cookie. The no, Ridgeline only had one turnover against Skyview. And maybe we set I'll the line have at you get me a McDonald's gift card. Or maybe I'll have you go to Logo Shop and get me a nice mask. All right. Uh, coming up next uh, on the Full Court Press, we've got uh, uh, more in the NBA. Boston is up. Or excuse me, Boston is down 2-0 against Miami. <laughs> no, you were picking. <laughs> Boston is down. <laughs> uh, we had a game in the NFL last night. Oh, God. Uh, we have now been in the NBA playoffs mode for five weeks. So it made us think, what have been the five best playoff games so far in these first five weeks of the NBA playoffs? We'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. Text into the program, 435-339-0321. You're on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Hey, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you about something, Eric. I gotta tell you the truth. Oh, so the reason why I'm late. Time? Guess who came and visited me today? We stopped in really quickly before we uh, were about to go on air. Gabby, the intern, came by and just said hello. She was in town. She, oh, she's. I just want to congratulate her, Eric. Eric, she's at the U. She got an. Uh, she got uh, uh, a scholarship. Uh, it's called for Utah. She has her tuition paid for the next four years at Utah University. Wow. Where she's major or uh, she's going to be in communications. Um, just as an intern, I want to congratulate her. That's awesome. I'm so happy for that. That's great work. So happy for Gabby. Thanks for coming in and say hi. I, I'm sure she, um, I don't know if she had a chance to stop and you, you get here pretty early and are uh, prepping away. But uh, yeah, that that's pretty dang cool. That's awesome. Way to go, Gabby. Way to go, Gabby. Uh, you need to be back. Game to time work. with Gabby was fun. Oh, dude, she kicked our trash. She always had the most interesting we trivia so, questions. And you know what? She actually told me she still has all those questions. She should come back and ask him see if we can actually get him right again. <laughs> Wouldn't be good. Uh, I probably still wouldn't get right. <laughs> me neither, man. Um, so a lot of eyes locally were on a certain high school football game last night, but there was an NFL game going on: Browns and Bengals. Uh, Browns went at 35-30. to 30. Colin Coward's worst nightmare if you didn't <laughs> listen to him today. Uh, I did not hear, listen. Oh, boy. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, Thank- but Joe Burrow, holy cow, 61 passing attempts? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Well, and the you know what's even more insane is um, the fact that he completed 37 on throwing, but it was only for 316 yards. I mean, you, you throw 61 passes... And complete 37, you're usually around the 400 mark. Yeah, you, you'd expect to see this huge gaudy number in passing yards, but a lot of short routes. What did you... The Bengals are 0-2, Eric, but I feel like they're a more competitive team with Joe Burrow on the field as a quarterback. Maybe more recent or more so than when Carson Palmer or Andy Dalton was at quarterback for the Bengals. Thoughts? 
Um, I, I think that, that Joe Burrow is going to be a nice quarterback for them. Okay. I think he needs some help. Oh, yeah. Oh, heavens, yes. Uh, I mean, your leading running back on 16 carries only gives you 46 yards. Yeah, that's a problem. That's hard. It? And Joe Burrow himself is the second leading rusher. Um, and he has to pass the ball 61 times. It tells you there's not a running game. Well, what's amazing is Tyler Boyd is uh, is right now leading the receptions for the Bengals for their squad. A.J. Green only had three for 29 last night. His longest was a 15-yard catch and no touchdowns. That guy used to be a touchdown machine. He used to be the go-to guy. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but And then on the other side... Uh, what was it? Baker Mayfield was what? How many yards and what was his line? Uh, 16 of 23 for 219 yards, two touchdowns and interceptions. See, I think you're right. I think you said this uh, a couple days ago. He's just a game manager. It's just, hey, look, don't screw up the game for us. We've got a good running game in Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. I think it's over there as well. Yep. yep. Right? Both and of them th- had great games. And then uh, what was uh, they have? Odell Beckham, but there's another. He was a receiver for Miami. Jarvis Landry. Thank you. Yeah. So he has the quality of good talent that Joe Burrow doesn't. Right. See, He's got weapons around him. And yet he goes, what, he's a 16 to 23 for 219? Did he have any picks? He had one. Yeah. I just I think he's the kind of guy where the coaches say, look, don't screw it up for us and give us a chance. Do you think he keeps his starting job with a new coach and a new staff? Do you think he keeps his starting job by the end of the season? Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many options they have right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know like, who's knocking on his door. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 honestly, I think Joe Burrow has the brighter opportunity. I think he has a higher ceiling, the bigger potential than Baker Mayfield does. Um, but, I mean, he, you're right. He needs help. He needs a lot of help. You give Joe Burrow, give him Kareem Hunt, and Jarvis Landry, along with AJ Green, still on that squad. I think this team's one and one, or yeah, I, they're, they're not zero and two. I can tell you that right now. Well, and, and I think that uh, the the Cleveland defense too playing better. Yeah, I mean they had eight tackles for loss compared to two for wow. Cincinnati. They were able to get to to uh, to Joe Burrow, they sacked him three times, but the Cincinnati defense never got to Baker like that. He was able to escape and evade, but most of it was on the ground and short passing. So, um, didn't have to do a heck of a whole lot. I'm so tired of the whole story being around Baker and Odell. Like, when you got a good talent like Joe Burrow, I mean, I don't say the focus has to be on him. It needs to be a little bit more credit. I mean, it's all about Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield and what can they do and and look at him go. I, I think the Bengals are just – I mean, I think Joe Burrow is just as talented as any three of those guys. And like I said, he they, he just needs help. Give him some help. And I don't think the offensive line is that great either for Cincinnati. Um, I, I, I feel like I see Joe Burrow usually running for his life. And at least they did in week one a lot. Um, he just needs some help from an offensive line that's going to block for him. Uh, you put Joe Burrow, I know it sounds more obvious than it should, but you put Joe Burrow like behind a Packers line or again uh, behind a uh, a Saints line, guy's standing clean. He has all day to throw, and I think his stats look a lot better. It's not on Joe. No, and granted, he uh, we have to keep reiterating this. Here's a guy that did not benefit from – 
having rookie minicamp or other uh, opportunities during the summer to work out with guys individually and work on his body and work on his timing and work on what it means to get ready for an NFL speed yeah. and to beasts on the other side of the field. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but as much time as you give him, he's still going to need help from other How positions on the field. How much time do you give him? I mean, what, what what is the process like, would you think, that we give Joe Burrow to grow in this system and and hopefully build talent around him? What, three years? I was going to say three years. Okay. So he's still got a couple of years. Good. Yeah, and After like year that. three, then you're going to know. Okay. Is this guy really worth keeping and, and uh, building around? Or... It's the time to go find something else. What about for a guy like Jordan Love? I mean, I know he's not going to get the reps this year if Aaron Rodgers is there next year forever, however long Aaron Rodgers is. How long do you give Jordan Love to grow and to get better? I would I'd probably say after after next year, probably like to see him involved a little bit more. Okay. So not this year, not next year, but in year three, oh, like same to start thing. to see him. I don't think you're going to. I don't think we're going to see him start in Green Bay after in. Two years, but I think Aaron Rodgers will still be there. Hmm. But so, how do you how do you see if he's growing? Like, I mean, because he ain't going to get reps in a game. I mean, you might see him in preseason, but that's about it, right? I mean, you're not going to see him start in a regular season game. Probably not. No, against regular Just starters, injury uh, replacement blowouts on either side. That's probably the time you're going to see Jordan Love. Yeah, it's tough years. to be able to evaluate a guy like that. But you're, I mean, that's a good point, though. There's no preseason. That's true. Really nice. Not this year. Not this year. Yet next year, who knows? But so you're right. It is going to be hard to evaluate him from the outside. Yeah. I mean, the Packers can evaluate him pretty easily, but um, yeah. So I think he has to have a little bit longer leash. Sure. And I think it's the same thing for Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow's getting thrown into it. <laughs> yeah. He Jordan is. has the benefit of <laughs> sitting back. Easing into the situation yeah. and learning what's going on. Yeah. With much better talent around him than Joe Burrow has, oh. as you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hey, coming up next hour, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Uh, another doozy with from the Miami Heat. Uh, they're up 2-0 against the Boston Celtics. We're now five weeks into the NBA playoffs. So what have been the five best playoff games during this year's playoff run so far uh, across all teams, across all uh, conferences? I uh, would like you to weigh in on that. Coming up at 5.15, we'll call out the bread and butter play of the game, see if you recall what that was, so we can give away some bread, and we'll continue to preview what's on tap for this weekend. Boy, some pretty exciting college football games and some big NFL ones as well. We'll preview that next hour on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Now that we've had a few days and we saw the Browns beat the Bengals last night, we've probably worn ourselves out with Week 1 NFL overreactions. Luckily, week two is arriving just in time so we can overreact once again. And I get it. It's a big week. We've all seen the numbers. Since 1990, only 12% of teams that started out 0-2 have reached the postseason. But they're adding a couple more playoff teams this year, so you can throw that stat out the window. With no preseason and limited training camp, teams are going to change right in front of our very eyes. Tom Brady is going to look a lot different by week eight. Jags quarterback Gardner Minshew is not going to complete 95% of his passes. And at some point, Saquon Barkley might get a few rushing yards. I know, I know. I'm not going to slow anyone down. Whatever happens Sunday will seem monumental. Never mind that the fact that seven days later, there will be a new slate of games to overreact to. 
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.